My name's Luke Turner and you're listening to The Quietus Hour. Over the past two weeks, I've been lucky enough to see the man next to me in a wedding dress, twice. Not due to bigamy, but because he is Angus Andrew of Liars and he's been wearing a nipital gown on stage for two killer gigs at the Visions Festival and just a couple of days ago at Green Man. Angus is now the sole founder member of Liars and he's returned with a remarkable new album on the mighty Mute Records called Theme from Crying Fountain. Check out last week's Quietus lead review. We're very pleased to welcome Angus to this special edition of The Quietus Hour. Angus, how's things going with They're you? They're going well, Luke. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for coming in on this relatively early... It is uh, early. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. Is this an yeah. early hour yeah. for you? Yep, it yeah. is. Yeah, it is for me as well. So yeah. we'll, we'll get through it. And I'm still knackered from, from Green Man after staying up much too late after you uh, played on I'm sure. Saturday night. So uh, Did you camp there? We were camping. Oh, right. Yeah, so you know, camping's loud. Oh man, it was, I can't even imagine. It was yeah. it was a bit. It was it was, whoever the band was uh, who were camped next to us who wanted to tell each other how much they respected each other's guitar playing Ooh. for most of both nights. Uh, if we ever find out that. who they are, then <laughs> they're getting a bad review. <laughs> um, did you have a good weekend? How's it been? Kind of return to the UK for you? Great fun, yeah. Um, bit of a whirlwind. We've just been flying around because it's mostly promo stuff, um, so sh- shows aren't. Uh, uh, every night, which is a little weird, you you need to get into the the flow a bit, yeah. Uh, and uh, um, we haven't been able to do that yet, but um, it's been fun. Good, and yeah, thank you for taking over our Instagram yeah. uh, feed yeah. over the weekend. Yeah, there was some cool. excellent. They were keeping me amused uh, in the during the rain showers. Agree, man. The cows were particularly. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, um, that's easy, man. I, I, taking photographs is fun. Yeah, cool. All right, so what we're going to do today is, you know, sometimes people, when we have guests on, they do this like a, almost like a, a favourite things of all time, but you've taken a kind of bit more of a contemporary twist on it. So it's going to be sort of like, am I right in thinking it's music that end up shaping a uh, thing from Crying Fountain? Is that, is yep, that correct? That's correct. Um, uh, the, the, the fact is, and I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it, but I'm, I, don't, I don't consume a massive amount of music, you know. Um, and uh, you know, I, I I I appreciate the idea of it, but I don't I don't have a big record collection, and um, and I, I, I so you know it's it's sometimes it's hard for me to to engage with music, and I set aside time um, before writing a record to sort of approach it a bit more like uh, you know a challenge, and uh, you know I write notes and stuff, and anyway. So for for a couple of months before I uh, I put anything down or start working on anything, I like to just sort of browse as much as possible and listen. And um, so this, this the story goes here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take you through what I, I listened to before um, starting to work on the on the new record. And um, the first song um, is an MF Doom one, and um, it's weird. What happened was I was actually looking at our Instagram and um, this is, you know, quite a while back. I can't find the actual spot, but um, there was a comment on, on a photo that said um, from someone that said, King Ghidorah is here. You guys can leave now. <laughs> and I, and I, uh, I was like, what does that mean? You know, and 
immediately like googled and then saw oh yeah it was about the time this record came out i think right um and so i was just like oh okay well i'm just gonna listen to that uh i don't know what this comment meant whatever and uh immediately i just started uh, when i started listening to it uh, you know i listened to a lot of hip-hop throughout my life but for some reason um the amount of samples in this track um, made me really start to think about sampling and how do people even do that? Mm. You know, I mean, how does he clear all these things that he's using? And so it it it, it got me to start thinking about sampling. Okay, great. Uh, Seb White, could you play Take Me To Your Leader, please? In the game like a Wall Street cheater A lot of rap noise is annoying like cedar Turn into a triple X monster from a fairy tale movie. He don't know me very well, do he? King Deidre crush on the scene's teacher. They need to pay him better. She had nothing on the reefer. Heifer. And I had to offer her a stick of gum. She was as thick as they come and taught a strict curriculum. Which is only good for my son. When I'm in the hood, raises on tongue. Nowadays, it's amazing raising young. Rule number one, keep your faces on stun. That was MF Doom's King. Do you say Ghidorah? No, Ghidorah? I, who knows? I, I I've heard Ghidorah. Yeah, and I'm trying to think that that's the right way. I don't know. So that was one of the first triggers for yes. the new record. Yes, um, thinking just about, and this is just thinking about how to approach it as uh, uh, in terms of. Um, creating songs you know it's not sort of the theme of it or or thinking about the concept it's more like practically how am i going to make music you know and so um this i i i started going into a a research mode about sampling and um and uh you know what's the what's the one of the earliest versions of of, of someone making music with sampling and it's james tenney is is mm. the next one college number one i mean it's 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 i mean i think a lot of these things are not necessarily you know things that i'm i'm listening to constantly i'm just saying that this is this is the next piece where i was like okay there's another way to look at this sampling thing maybe than i'm used to in hip hop and and pop music you know it's a really common thing and i think it's just kind of gone over my head a bit just how it how it works you know i, I mean i've sampled and i've used sampling on on past lies records but um but to think about it as an sort of an entire sort of way of approaching music was something i started to think about here mm. and and at the same time i think when I sort of interviewed you quite a while ago, a couple of years ago, maybe at Sonar or something, you were saying you were thinking of moving back to Australia. Yeah. Then what sort of finally made you 
make that shift? Oh, um, you know, I mean, I, I've been living overseas from Australia, you know, since I was 17. Like, as soon as I finished high school, I left. And, and, and making music and living in different countries since then, and that's been awesome. But I've always felt like I needed to, at some point, get back there. And it's a difficult thing to do, especially if you're a touring band, to live down there. Uh, so it's kind of something that I've been hesitant to make the big leap about but um you know uh a few things like my my parents getting super old um and wanting to sort of be around them for their last times um and just you know a, a, a needing a change mm. you know so yeah i mean and and i moved to the middle of nowhere you know um uh from los angeles basically so it was a huge cultural shift yeah you know? Yeah, that's something I wanted to talk about um, after the yep. after the next uh, record, yep. which is James James Tenney's collage number one. Yeah. James Tenney's collage number one chosen by Angus Andrew from Liars on the quietest hour. So as you were saying, you've moved to the middle of nowhere uh, from LA and it was something that really interested me when I was reading sort of around the record, you're saying about like going to get food on a boat and things like this. Where is this middle of nowhere? Oh, well, you know, geographically, it's not that far from Sydney. Um, It's like an hour's north drive but um where i live is a uh, national park which you can only access it by the water right uh just because there's no roads into it and it's that big you know so we have a place that's on the coast but you have to sort of park your car at the last piece of land and then uh get in a boat and wow and get there so it's and it's all sort of catch our own own water you know there's no running stuff like that so um it's it's pretty wild um and and yeah like i said i'm i mean a huge shock really like when after moving there you're just like did we really just why did you do it oh uh, um I, you know just for a change i think it's something i've always wanted to do is sort of live a bit sort of isolated um and it really feels right for what I'm doing right now. So, mm. um, and it's beautiful, man. I mean, just like, you know, swim right there and, um, wildlife and everything. It's just, it's, it's overwhelming like that. Nice. Yeah. And there's one thing I thought was very interesting. You said 
I think it was quite recently about how you, when you lived in a city, you were sort of on your own anyway. It wasn't like yeah. you were sort of participating in city living and yeah. you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, no, I've struggled with that even since when I was living in New York. It, it's like I always felt like, well, I live in New York and so I'm supposed to be engaging with New York. But I, I, I found that every city I, I live in, I, I don't really do that, you know, mm. so... Um, yeah, it, it seemed like it, um, a, a given that I would eventually sort of give that up. Mm. What do you miss most about the so-called civilization, or do you not? Miss oh, it at all? I, you know, it's it's like you know that you can walk out in the street and and choose from any kind of food you want. You know, I mean, where I live, you know, you've got to shop for a week and then you're there. You know, you don't want to be going back and forth all the time. So. Yeah, just going out and getting some yummy food is probably the best thing. <laughs> Okay, the next the next record uh, that shaped um, TFCF is Andy Stott's Up the Box from his 2012 album Luxury Problems. Seb, can you play that for us, please? So that was Andy Stott and Up the Box. Can you tell us a little bit about how this record particularly yeah. snuck so, in? Yeah, so I'm on my sample train and um, and I find out about a website called whosampled.com, mm. which is fascinating. I found that like really amazing. Um, you know, for the listeners, you just you just type in a song and it tells you where who they sampled and it gives you even a little pop-up where you just play that original track and so it's 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 really fascinating so anyway yeah the that that um andy stott song i had always had in my head the the drum beat that happens towards the end of that song is was was some drum beat that i thought was pretty fantastic you know but i you know i put it into whosample.com and it's the most sampled drum beat ever it's the same (laughs) drum beat from uh like straight out of compton right and blew my mind i'm just like oh my god so that 
that beat's just sitting around and and Andy Stott had picked it up and done this with it and it just made me think of the possibilities. So then did you, did did that sort of prompt you to start really looking at sampling for the for the Liars record? Was that Well, I started to think about um I, I think I'm still in the stage in this list of thinking about well uh, the the possibilities of it. I, I hadn't gotten far enough to think about how to apply it to liars, or even mm. even thinking yet if I would. It's more just like I, I'm on a I'm on a, a a research quest at the moment, I suppose. So that was when, was that when you'd moved to Australia and you were thinking about a new record? Or? Actually, I'm still um, in LA getting ready to go. I think at this point, yeah. Um, uh, so there was, uh, yeah, a few things still to tie up there that um, that work into this list. I think, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the next the next one we've got is uh, Macintosh Plus four twenty. Macintosh Plus, and it kind of is 420, but there's some writing before we don't know what it we don't know what it says. Yeah, it's but, Japanese um, writing. I don't yeah, know. We don't know what yeah. it says. But it's sort of like this weird, whacked out pop record. You know, this that, and I, I guess there was a lot of some something I saw online. Somebody saying it's the only good vaporwave record or something uh-huh, like this. Uh-huh. But do you like that sort of fuzzy nostalgia pop thing? What well, where does that come into the story of the record? Well, I mean, you know, I'm on this sampling quest and um somehow uh come across vaporwave and i'd never heard of it before um and i i started reading about it mostly um and the idea of sort of taking from uh pop culture commercialism and uh and sort of rebranding it in this way that was not not it, not trying to to make money out of it. I, like you said, you can't sort of buy it. Um, and very anonymous. This this artist um, who I mean, it says Macintosh Plus, but it's it's Vectroid. Oh right. And it's this girl. I think it's girl. I mean, gender doesn't matter. Um, but uh, who is just prolific. I mean, and and that's the the other thing that I liked about coming across this vaporwave thing was like these people making so many of these records and they are 
they all pretty much sound the same. And I, uh, I wouldn't say that it's something that I'd I'd love to throw on all the time. It's more conceptually, I really liked the idea of people taking from culture and just sort of smashing it up in this other way, you know. Mm. And 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 with this this really defined aesthetic um, that I, I I found captivating. And and the uh, the the Chuck Person record, Echo Jams, is is the other one that is important in that whole sort of scene and really interesting you know just uh, as an idea and and again so this made me think well you know like does it matter like what if you took like a a justin bieber song and just slowed it down i mean where's the line you know is is he gonna come after me if i do that (laughs) that's why you're living in the middle of nowhere only only accessed by boat you're paying for justin bieber's navy to turn up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so there was I've been thinking about like the, the liars pop element which I really get on this record and probably all your records really this love of hooks and melodies and I was reading back over the Baker's Dozen we did with you and you were talking about OMD and how mm-hmm. you were surprised nobody compared liars to mm-hmm. OMD which I thought was really interesting point mm-hmm. and kind of changed my way of thinking about mm-hmm. about the group because uh, I you know I think Dazzle Ships and Architecture and Morality are just two of the best albums ever made and it's that sort of idea of weird pop pop music doesn't have to be fit into a certain parameter it can be whatever it wants to be almost or experimental music can fit into its own parameter mm. and be whatever it wants to be because for me it's just always been the angle of like i think i think being able to write a song is is a really challenging thing to do and i could i mean for the first two weeks i sat in my studio to write this record i was just miking the forest outside you know and i sat there thinking oh my god i'm just gonna this is just this is the record you know i but but then then there was no challenge you know the challenge for me is to is to try and write something that that functions in a way beyond just sound you know because i i could just sit there playing sound all day and i yeah i I think I think there's a different way to look at experimental music than just the obvious. So another thing you said in that um, interview is about the kind of uh, the similarity with OMD was the two the, the, with Liars, but there were two songwriters handling very different duties. Mm. But now this record you made by yourself, it's mm-hmm. all you, isn't mm-hmm. it? I think there's no Aaron on it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. What you, if there were two different duties? What was sort of your duty before, and how's that changed? Yeah, I, I've always written alone, and uh, mine and Aaron, Aaron's relationship was always more um, a sort of a critique role than a collaboration. Right. So we would make work and then show it to each other and talk to each other about it, you know, but we'd never been a stand-in-a-room jam kind of thing, you know. Um, so... For me, working alone is normal. Um, it's the difference is not having someone to bounce it off, you know, which was, was really how it was working with Aaron. Mm. And I, I mean, I just from day one have valued Aaron's opinion so much that that's all I needed was to, to, to be able to bounce things off him. And to not do that is, is really tough, Um but at the same time, sort of like you know, it uh, it's it means there's less of a 
uh, another filter and it's just kind of you got to go with what your gut says you know so if I make 20 songs and normally I would bounce those all off and see you know which ones stick now it's just kind of like which ones do I think are going to work you know Mm. and it's and it's in you know it's uh, honestly it was a really sad thing for me to overcome but in the end I have to see it as as somewhat liberating too you know yeah yeah I mean, I get that from the record. There's a sort of directness to it. Mm, well, it's certainly is, more personal, you yeah. know. Because, I mean, that's the other thing is you can hide in a way um, when you're working as a group or collaboration. So a lot of things I've written in the past are uh, the, pro- the pronoun is, is, is we, you know. Mm. And then... And then and it's that's, more I now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and, that, and, and when you do we, you can... It, it, you're deflecting it from yourself and so you have to face up to yourself a lot more in this situation and that's that's you know i think good for my work at least okay great um the next track you you bought to listen to us is an absolute uh one one, a favorite of mine um demdike stare and past majesty So that's from Dem Dyke Stairs Magnificent Test Pressing series. Um thought it was interesting, two um records you've picked uh f- from that kind of world, like the Dem Dyke Stair, Andy Stock, mm. the rainy, slightly witchy English Northwest. Yeah, okay. Is, is that a coincidence? I don't know enough about it all. Mm. Um but it must it's uh, you know, it's an aesthetic that I guess I'm drawn to. Mm. Um yeah, like I said, I know you know I'm I I wish I knew more about music in general, but it's that's why I enjoy these these kind of conversations. I learn a lot more about, um, for example, where these people are mm. from and whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I I love I love a lot of that music. Yeah. What? How did this one fit into? To the yeah, record? well, I mean, um, just kind of starting to uh, imagine the uh, a sound of using a way of using these sort of samples that fits into my aesthetic a bit more um and i just love that song mm. and um got me really excited um and i started to then think about okay well how can i how can i maybe do this you know am i going to sample justin bieber or or should i think about a different approach and I started to think, okay, what I'll do is I'll, um, before I leave LA, I'm going to rent a, a studio and with like a fancy recording setup, you know, um, and a lot of instruments and spend three days just 
playing instruments and recording them with no real intention other than to capture the sounds of, of all these instruments. And, uh, and so I did that. Um, and I basically took all those, those hard drives to the bush mm. so that I could uh, sample myself um, and reassemble those things into songs. So there was some sort of weird LA route in there still. There taking, is, yeah. there is, there is. Yeah. But, you know, completely morphed and destroyed by the environment of yeah. Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but I find that really interesting, that sort of transfer from the city to the mm. to the wilderness. And how, did, did you find it a, you know, kind of liberating or was actually it sort of oppressive in a different way almost i mean the australian bush has got quite a lot of things that can kill you in it hasn't it mm. um what how did it affect you sort of that making that radical shift well i mean it 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 it, it really um heightened the sort of distance the tyranny of distance that i felt between uh aaron living in berlin and me in australia um and the isolation um, but those things, like uh, we were saying, I've, 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 you know, I've, I've, for for making music, for me, are good things. You know, um, I wasn't fearful of the bush per se, but um, the environment just takes over. You know, it's so powerful there um, that you're listening and hearing the rhythms of the of the bush and the water, and these things are all penetrating you know mm. um and and so uh, the the record just gets pushed around by the environment there it's so tough i mean i thought that i that was one of the things i really love about the record is when you you've got these i mean i didn't i don't think i heard them first listen but then gradually the bush gets louder and mm. louder as you've listened to the record mm. more and more times okay, yep. and it really becomes part of the songs which mm. i found like that's amazing to be able to do that rather than just having field recordings glued in you know well that's the thing that i uh, my my setup was such that every time i walked into the studio i pressed record on a on a microphone that's outside ah right and that's always inside right and so every song has a track from outside amazing so yeah and i didn't end up using as much of it as i have but each is each is set in time that way which is good um, so if it's a thunderstorm, that song sounds like that, you know, mm. and, uh, yeah. So, and, uh, in the end, you know, using uh, the, how much of that I wanted to actually use was, was sort of questionable, but I liked how it was sort of stamped. You yeah. Know? Right. That's, that, I, I'm glad I've heard that. That's mm. kind of shines new light on it. Fantastic. Um, we're now going to listen to Sophie and MSM, SM, SM. Mm. I don't know. Who knows? Know. Seb, play Sophie, please.
Sophie, a PC music person. We think. Um, so that was selected by Angus Andrew of Liars on the special edition of The Quietest Hour. So this is kind of like a pretty clean and brittle sounding mm. tune compared to a lot of the other things mm. you've picked. Is mm. that significant in the development of the record? Yeah, in, in a way. Um, I'm, I'm, I mean, uh, you know, I was in this research mode and I'd come across uh, Vaporwave and kind of gone through that and and was looking around at, I guess, other, other sounds. Um, and I came across PC Music, which... Um, I think I think perked my interest just because it was so specific. Um, but again, I I don't know that much about it, you know. Um, I, and you probably know more than I do because this is. <laughs> I don't like it very much. <laughs> I mean, it's supposed to be, I guess, just super clean. Um, and I just, I it made me think about the production, and I was like, this is not what I want. Yeah. Um, I really liked this song, but this was me sort of understanding that that sort of the goal really that I was trying to reach on the previous record mess was no longer applicable. You know, uh, the last couple of records have been made in the computer and there's a tendency when you go into the computer to make things perfect, you know, clean and, um, and to a grid and um, everything functions in time. And it's quite easy to do that and you can get kind of caught up in that um which i felt like i did in the last couple of records where you want to try and get control of the computer and what's what's happening and um and go for these sounds uh which i think are, 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 are exemplified a bit in this song um and it's just something that i didn't want to do anymore i i wanted uh to use the computer but i wanted it to be much more organic you know and uh as I was saying about the environment there, there's the, the rhythms of these, of nature, um, sometimes they fall into time and sometimes they're not, you know, mm. but they, it, it, it's, it's interesting to see how they come together sometimes. And I just wanted the music to emulate that in a way where it wasn't all to a grid and it wasn't all functioning perfectly, but it was just kind of blending, you know. That's one of those things when you're out in somewhere where there's um, cicadas or mm. grasshoppers or something. They have such an incredible mm. meter, don't they? Mm. Things like that. Exactly. In nature. Exactly. That. And in and in Australia where I live, the cicadas are like intense. <laughs> and uh, and they do even, you know, this wave kind of thing, you know, um, which is really amazing. So, yeah, so really inspiring. So speaking of Sophie and men with feminine accoutrements, where did the wedding dress that's on the album and then you've been wearing on stage and kind of really works visually live? It's just kind of adds something that feels very early liars in a way. There's mm. this sort of something mm. it brings to that. But where where did that idea come from? Uh came from just a simple concept that I felt like uh Aaron and I had been married, you know, for ah forever and um that's what it's like being in a band you don't you don't enter into it with like making vows and and thinking it's going to last forever but in our case it just did and kept on lasting and it's as great you know but um you know eventually something that had to sort of end our creative relationship was still very close as uh, as friends but um and so yeah i feel like a bit of a a, a 
solo bride, you know, and mm. um, it's confronting too. I'll be to be honest, you know, it doesn't it doesn't go down easy for a lot of people, and it makes me feel uncomfortable, and uh, those are things that tick boxes for me. Have you had kickback for for doing it then from people? On, I mean. I just can understand. I mean, some I've I've done an interview with someone where they're like, um, "Oh, I think that um, I think that people will love the music if they can get past the album cover," you know. Right. And uh, <laughs> and I, I and I can see that, you know. Um, and I just, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't, I never wanted liars to come off as a masculine thing, and mm. I, I don't like that. So yeah, for me, it's. It's it's about feeling uncomfortable. Those are good decisions. Yeah. Was there ever any ever a moment where you thought I'm not going to continue as liars if it's just me? I'm going to do Angus Andrew or something completely different. Yeah, I mean certainly, of course. Um, but the situation really was that um, I, I'm uh, liars is under contract for for albums to produce for mute, you know, and. I, I just had to sit down with Daniel and he, Daniel Miller, and he really wanted me to keep doing that. And um, Aaron really wanted me to keep doing it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And you know, in the end, it was it's it's just it's just kind of who I am, you know. And um, if I was to make it about Angus Andrew, it would be the same thing, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it, but it's it tough thing to think about you know um and it all it, it heightened the experience of creating this record you know there's a lot of fear in that you know mm. okay um the next track uh is mark lecky's green screen refrigerator all one word Samsung, Viking, see, Gaganar, we assemble, Whirlpool. Here, here, here we exist. We exist in streets and houses, cars and fields, as ever present as sunshine. Each to each, in each order, in each group. Address each one, they ask, and they answer. They ask, ask each one, answers. 
Each one carries the news. Standing here, here, standing here, standing here beside myself, out of my mind, out of my mind. I liken myself to other things. A dark mirror, a walled garden, a monstrous insect, a spearmint rhino, the staff of Hermes, a black sun rising pylon. So that's Mark Leckie. Um, when did you hear about this? Because it was this music played during a installation which had a refrigerator, and he delved into the inner workings of the refrigerator's mind. I think, have I got that right? Yeah, Something I, like that. Yeah, again, I, you, 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 you probably know more about this than I do. I don't know how I came across this. Um, I think I was, uh, you know... Um, doing something uh thinking about um british artists and came across mark lecky and saw this work and i look you know i don't know i i i just i thought it was really interesting um it's again just kind of thinking about how putting together found sound um and spoken word um could work in a in a piece of music um just just I found it really interesting and that was kind of then you picked it up and yeah you know yeah um yeah and you know again it's just broadening my my sense of of what what my possibilities are uh you know using sampling so from the fridge to nightclubs uh we have fluxion and tantalizer next So that's Fluxion, a.k.a. Konstantinos Sublis. And was this another research track, or was that something you knew for for longer in the past? This is uh, now the point where I've used a sample. Ah, right. This yeah. is on the record. Yes. Ah, right. Okay, <laughs> yes. great. Yes. Uh, I, I, uh, as I said, I explained I I sampled myself, but the, this is the one exception. I, I took a bass line from this song. Ah. Um, uh, how I came across it, I don't even really know. I've been trying to rack my brain about it, but um, somehow I came across it, put it into my sample machine and slowed it down 
and it worked for me. Mm. Um, and so I actually did have to go through the process of clearing the sample with Constantine. Um, and he's been really cool and um, is actually going to be doing a remix of the track, which is called Staring at Zero. So that's right. um, on the new record. And um, yeah, so he's doing a remix of it. And I like this conceptual that's loop. A, that's yeah, a nice yeah. loop, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So you only use one sample in the whole record of, a, of another person's yeah, record? Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you think it might be more at one point? Was that Well, like I said, yeah, I was going through all sorts of ideas. Can I take from Kanye and get away with it? I think I could, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't be able to talk about it, but well, you we, we, possibly we, could. We wouldn't be able to, but I mean, even <laughs> if he found out, what's, you know, I don't know. I, it makes me think about that, and I spent a lot of time researching that kind of stuff, mm. you know? But it's very grey, that world, and it's hard to understand. Yeah. Um, certainly for the big artists, they they have a whole budget to just pay and clear samples, you know? But I don't know... Yeah, and then there's the very different um, artists, the, the Vaporwave ones in their basement, and they don't clear anything. No. You know? Because they know they're not going to sell it and that. So there's, there's, there's these extremes I was seeing... And wondering where I could fit in, you know. I mean, does that? So, do you know if Demdike Stare like uses samples that they I don't clear? Know, actually. I'm not sure because I've I've seen some interviews and I know they're all about records and and they're amazing DJs. And, yeah, yeah. Um, so I just don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I suppose it's that thing of you know, Liars started out in a very different musical world now, isn't it? The mm. early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That's things were. People were still buying records. There was a more traditional structure. Sure. And you've kind of evolved through that to now there's people just making music for the hell of it, sampling stuff left, right and centre. It's yeah. a very different time. Yeah. And uh, and, and and one of the best things I, I like about all that is the, the anonymity and the sort of throwing away of stuff. You know, nothing's too precious, you yeah. know, nowadays as opposed to then. How's it been kind of these... these these two gigs I've seen you do in the past few weeks have kind of been two of the best live liars gigs I've I've seen. I mean, I've, I could how many times I've seen you play over the years, forty, fifty, something crazy Whoa. like that. But there's just this sort of real energy to them. Can you tell us about how you put decided to kind of come back with new musicians mm. and put all that together? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's a hard thing to to figure out, um, especially from where I live in the bush. Um, talking to you know uh management and people like that and who are in new york and trying to figure out what how's this all going to work you know and um and i don't know i I thought of all different scenarios but eventually um you know uh i was introduced to these two twin brothers from new york who actually from georgia um and uh we started talking um, they knew the music and I flew to New York and went into a studio the first day and we played 20 Liars songs, some of which have never been played before, ever. They you just know. knew how to do them. Yeah, yeah. They, ju- they just you know, had listened to the recordings and a lot of the music that we've made just has never been able to be replicated live just because of technically there's difficulties you know and and then a a willingness and certain things Uh, so 
so to walk in and sort of do this this sort of retrospective where uh, things that I'd never been able to perform I was doing was just really exciting to me and uh and the possibilities are sort of endless because it seems like anything I give to them they can work it out so (laughs) um so that's really fun for me you know um there's a few songs that are really exciting old songs to play that are really exciting and and we're only starting to get into the new record because you know it's it's not out yet so it's been really fun to just kind of get together yeah. I mean, what I find very interesting is that you, you seem very sort of freed up on stage and there's a lot of, you know, there's a, a great presence of, in performance going on. But also the, the, the songs right from the first album up to the new all fit together mm. within, you know, they don't sound, you know, sometimes you hear a band play an old song and it sounds like it did, whereas this new thing seems to have made everything sound like na- Liars now, which is exciting well that's the thing with with liars is people uh you know um uh, uh, want to say that you know each record is super different from the other one and 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 i think practically that does apply you know there's a, a different approach with each record but uh essentially the, the 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 songs the music isn't that different i mean there's the, a lot of changes but yeah, when you put them all together in a set like that, it does help people see a through line, mm. which is nice. Cool. Okay, we're coming to the end of Angus Andrews' selections. Uh, two more left, the first of which is Eye Dress and Manila Ice. <laughs> That was Idris and Manila Ice. Angus and I were just talking about. We we don't really know who the mysterious. Yeah, Philippines. Idris, yeah, um, is 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 pretty much all I think I know. Um, I think it's just we're we're just coming through now. Now that I've played uh, an example from I guess the record that how it applied. I'm 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 now in Australia and and I'm keeping my ear to the ground as they say in Australia. It's um, a great radio setup there. Um, uh, in each city, there's a there's a radio station that's worth listening to, you know. And um, so I listen to the radio a lot now in Australia. And and to be honest, I'm actually consuming more music because of that. Um, and part of the the way the radio is is set up there is that they have to play fifty percent of Australian music. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to hear what's going on there and i've 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 delved in deep i dress is not um from australia but um i i heard him for sure Mm. on the radio there so this thing we were just talking about off air is the you the kind of don't listen to too much music because you're easily influenced Mm. and 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 do you have to sort of switch the radio off if there's a song keep coming on I mean, certainly um, when I was living in LA, I, I had I had to be really vigilant about that. It feels like in LA or in a big city, you're being constantly bombarded with stuff. Um, 
And if I was in driving around, I have the radio on and the terrible radio and a K rock and stuff like that. And I could not listen to that. Otherwise, I'd go home and make a Foo Fighters song, and that would <laughs> be the worst thing. Um, so you know, I have to be really vigilant there. Um, but in Australia, I, I, there's not. I'm not. Listen, there's not nothing uh, trying to attract my attention. You know, mm. so it's easier. Um, but yeah, I, I it's 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 a it's a tricky thing when you become involved in music, um, listening to it. I I have a friend who's an architect, and I ask him, you know, when you walk into a, someone's house, do you you automatically go like, ooh, <laughs> that could be better have been better done, you know, or something like that. Um, it's a little bit like that with 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 music. It's hard to just appreciate it for what it is you start to always think about how it applies and it's so it makes it different okay the final song uh i really love this one uh tarkar and aija I-, I-, I think mm. um from a well i heard it on the amazing blackest ever black uh label singles compilation mm. how does this fit into the yeah uh, australian um music going on there that i think is really cool um and i even am trying to put together a Spotify playlist. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, uh, just because, like I said, um, I've just just been um, listening to the radio there a lot and hearing a lot of great music. And um, I don't know, it just doesn't, I guess it just doesn't make its way over here much. Um, I'm sure that's easy to understand. Some things do, I think. Um, I saw that we played um, on that festival recently um the visions festival mm. had a australian band that i know of um called you don't know no no okay <laughs> I'll, I'll have a look after oh uh, yeah <laughs> yeah it's that geographical distance thing isn't it so, i mean i know that so many bands i really love from particularly from melbourne i suppose that's where the f- focus seems to be but it's p- people get a bit s- stuck there and it's hard for them to come all the way yeah and and i would Europe. and i would think uh you know because of the interconnectivity of the world nowadays it wouldn't matter so much but i suppose it does yeah. I, I think people need to see artists i suppose i i, I it's, it's a bit of a shame because i love this girl vectroid who's in her in her apartment somewhere churning out records but no one really knows about them mm. apart from a very particular group of people um yeah but yeah so um australian music is is cool i'm sure there's cool music going on everywhere yeah so um you're doing a load of dates this this year and do you think that this 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 record is a sort of transition record did it feel like that to you did it feel like a sort of of re- finding your feet again kind of record or and or is it sort of beyond that do you think it's a uh it, i can see like the idea of sort of framing it that way um but in reality the the process is 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 the same as as sort of i've i've worked on on older liars records where i just kind of isolate myself and and work and mm. um but I mean, in the in the grand scheme of things, obviously there's been a huge amount of change, um, and for me personally in life as well. So 
or I guess every record feels like a kind of a transitional one, to be honest. I mean, they're always a big sort of life-changing event, you know, when you when you throw yourself into this kind of idea for a few years, you know, that's kind of how it works. And then, so yeah, uh, transitional for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know if that means that I transition back to being the same person (laughs) I've always been or whatever, but uh, yeah, no, it's interesting every time. Okay, well, thanks very much for coming on, Angus. Really appreciate that. And do check out Theme from Crying Fountain, CFCF, available on mute. This has been a Quiet Sour special. Do check out our past Quiet Sour specials with the likes of Gary Newman, Cozy Fanny Tutti, John Lydon, Shirley Collins, and many more on the iTunes podcast. Uh, thanks very much to you, Seb White, our producer. Thanks to Zoe Miller and everyone at Mute. And we will finish with Tarkar and Ija. My name's Luke Turner. Thanks for listening. Thank God that's over. Time to put the poof back in its dusty slot. You are enduring the Quieter Sour podcast, and if you're a real glutton for punishment, you can listen to the entire programme featuring all the music via our website at thequietus.com forward slash radio. If you'd like to support what we do, there is a support button on the front page of the website uh, where you can make donations and help us carry on our uh, fantastic work. Or you can just pay us to stop. <laughs>